Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 102. Three. 103. Three. Just like I said. Presented by Parse Rum, the best rum out there. I would like to talk quickly about Parse. I just played left field for the first time yesterday. Shout out to me for being in the field. And I got the people back yelling Parse at me, which was fantastic. I missed it. I uh, got a lot of, when I say Parse, you say? Rum. That a baby. Chance from the outfield, from the, the people in the lawn at Sloan Park. Shout out Sloan. And uh, really enjoyed it. What's uh, going on in your lives? Plays? Did you get any plays when you are in the outfield? Uh, I ran down, well, I didn't actually catch any balls, but there was one ball double in the gap that I picked up, threw into the cutoff man, so that was a huge success for me. Nice. How did you feel? Yeah, it felt great. I also put the ball in play twice, so another big success for me. Proud of you. Just missed one righty. Actually, uh, change up, 1-0 change up. Just missed it, flew out to the track and left, had a really bad bat toss where I was like, it was kind of like a just missed it frustrated bat toss with two hands, kind of left it on the field, didn't get it to the dugout, left it on the field. I did, uh, I did watch your live BP against Wade Miley. Did he kind of carve you a little bit? Well, I hit a, I hit a ball pretty hard to right field. It was a foul ball. It's a strike. No, my first at bat. Oh, you're sorry. Oh, I only saw your second. It was, it was probably a fly out, but it was well struck. I only saw then, your second one. Yeah, my second one. Hey, time out. Time started out. throwing what all those pitches. What happened to fluffing guys up? On well, it? I just thought yeah. of it because I saw it and I remember he got punched looking and it was, it was just like, it was, it was good sequence. He gave, he threw Ian like four different pitches. And you it was know like, what that's happened? not fair. That's gross, Dakota. Wait, Wade's also hilarious. And he was like, he's like, yeah, he hit my cutter that first at bat. So I had to start throwing change ups and shit. And so he threw me like, he threw me like strike one fastball and then a nasty changeup I swung through. And then he threw me, I don't know. Then I watched two pitches. One was probably a strike. And then I was like, I just want to see one more. And then he threw me another backdoor cutter that was disgusting. Can I ask you guys, cause I know you guys have talked about it a little bit. How weird is it? And this, I mean, goes both ways to like face your own teammates. Cause I know you guys have talked about last week that Suzuki hit one off somebody during live VPs. Like it's gotta be weird to try to like, cause that's not something you guys normally do at all. The biggest fear in the world is – I think it's more scary for the pitcher because I'm so terrified of, like, hitting my own teammate. So I'm like, fuck. Like, fastball in, I'm like, Ugh. especially if you're, like, an NRI in big league camp and you're facing, like, the big league guys, you're like, if I hit this guy, like, I'm cut. I'm cut tomorrow. Like, that's it. For the listener, NRI is non-roster invite to big league yeah. camp. Sorry. Uh, my thing is it was really weird facing your own teammate's who you've only played with, like, it was really weird for me facing, like, Johnny Lester or, like, Hendricks is still a weird one for me. Like, guys that you've played with for a long time that have always been your teammates, like, it's not as weird to face guys who have just come in for a year or, like, Wade Malley. I faced him with the Brewers and the Reds, and then, you know, now he's my teammate. So it's, like, not weird to face those guys. It's more weird to face the dudes that you've only ever played with and never against. Zach doesn't think it's weird, all right? Zach nice. doesn't think it's weird. Zach thinks completely no. normal. He's hitting homers off his teeth. You guys were speaking. I think it's horrible. I hate live BPs, and I hate every ounce of them. It's <laughs> it's like you're trying to play – like you know what they have, and you're overthinking it in general. You're like, do these matter? No, they don't matter. And then you're like, you see 15 coaches in front office behind you, like, wait, these actually matter. Uh, I don't want to get carved up. But I know what he's throwing. 
But at the same time, there's no count. There's no repercussions for throwing a poor pitch. They're just trying to get work in. I'm trying to get my timing down, and I don't know if this counts or if it doesn't count. My at-bat versus you in season almost felt like a live VP. That's what I'm saying. It was such like like a joke almost. Exactly. And it's like nobody wants to come inside. You don't want to get hit. That's the last thing you want to do. Nobody wants to hit you. You don't know whether like – I I don't know. It's just like it's obviously easier for the guys who have spots and are actually trying to get – like Robbie Grossman the first three days went in there with turfs and like a catcher's helmet and was just like, yeah, I feel good. I'm tracking. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to get him. Did he actually wear a catcher's helmet? The one day he he was facing um, one of our relievers, Cisnero, and he went in there with like the the no uh, the no ear. Oh, I thought it was gonna be like the full cage. No, no. Zach, would you like to mention who our special guest is today before we get to the interview? Dude, I I was um I'm thrilled that we finally got him on. Our uh, our own go Tigers one one pick from 2020. Got to be one of the faster tracks to the MLB, hopefully, with an you know with an asterisk next to it. I don't want to jinx anything. Um, yeah, you know we got Spencer Torkelson on. I think he is one of, if not the best hitters that I've seen in minor league baseball, and he's just legal enough to drink, which is scary. I uh, I didn't realize he was one one. Oh yeah. This is going to be a horrible question. Is he a righty or lefty hitter? He's a righty. Okay. I was like, I feel like I should know that, but I haven't faced him, so I don't remember. Yeah. He uh, And he's got a nice G-Wagon, too, to, to show the 1-1. The Sick. Oops. Yeah. We'll let him know. Really? You have one of those. You have, like, two of those, though, don't you, Zach? No, I actually – it's funny. I traded in, so I don't I don't have it. Oh, I got you. It's good market, good market for used cars. We're going to take advantage of that. Nice. Yeah. Let do you – Dakota, would you like to touch on the Oscars thing before we go to the interview? I, Zach's the one that I, I were you watching it live? No, I well, of course, but that was I don't even have words. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I I did like my my final Twitter check down before I went to bed. I was like, you know what, do a little research, and I see something trending, and I'm like, it's weird, like whatever. So I hit refresh one more time. Boy, did it refresh. Imagine if you were asleep, really, you would have been pissed. You would admit that you missed that. That's what, bro, so I stood up for another hour and a half just looking at memes and everything about it. I wanted to see if it was real. I saw unedited videos. I was, oh my god. I spent like ten minutes trying to figure out if it was staged or not staged. I still There's, don't know. Once you no, could, no, no, once no. they showed the like Australian and Japanese, like yeah. it was unedited or like unfiltered, and then like he's sitting in his chair screaming like, like the f word, like they're like swearing and shit. I'm like, there's no way this is like this was real. That's one of the craziest scenes. I mean, but like, but the other I, thing, people are like blowing it up, like, like there should be repercussions. Like, I mean, okay, like he slapped him, like he definitely shouldn't have done that. But it's like, all right, like it was just funny. Like, yeah, what are you gonna do? People are like, oh, cancel Will Smith. I'm like, for what? For that? Okay, let's real quick. Tom wanted us to talk about this. Runner on second. For extra innings, it's back. Okay. I listened to Talking Baseball just today. The guys talking baseball hate this. All right. They're down on it. Apparently, the fans don't like the runner on second in the 10th. Let me tell you what I think. It works. It gets the games over quicker. People don't really stay for extra innings anyway. I don't 
really understand why you'd want to watch a 16-inning baseball game because you know what? For all of us that have actually played the 16-inning baseball game, Tom, I'm sure you've been there in the in the press box watching a few of these bad boys. There's no one left at the game by the 16th. No one sticks around to watch baseball for 16 or 18 innings. This thing works. It gets the games over quicker. And let me give you a hot take. There's a lot more strategy in the 10th with the runner on second when you have to decide if you're going to bunt, if you're going to steal, if you're going to walk the guy, if you're going to then try to double steal with the bunt or let your guys bop. There's a lot more strategy that goes into it. I don't want to hear your opinion, Tom. I want to hear Dakota's. I am 100% with Ian. Uh, and that's as someone that has to come in and pitch sometimes with the guy on second. It's an unearned run. And I, I'm kind of with Ian, like, you don't need the 16, 17 in games anymore. Like, I, I am 100% on the side of like, don't ruin baseball, but I don't think that's ruining baseball. I think that's actually like, you just speed up the game. Like, if you can get a game over, and the thing is, there are still games that would go like 12 or 13 innings. Like, it's not like, it's a guarantee that runner scoring like pitchers are so good nowadays. And I like, I love the strategy factor of it, like different managers and their different ways of going about it. And we play 162, So you don't need a bunch of extra in games. 162. Zach, let me hear yours. Yeah. Um, I think it should happen in like the 11th or 12th inning, give an inning or two of regular baseball. And if it doesn't happen, all right, let's go. But it also screws a lot of the, like the pitchers who, cause there's a, a lot of the times there's a hero who throws like four or five innings and then they end up, they know they're not throwing for another week or so they get sent down on the shuttle bus and then that screws them. That's Where a fantastic point. I'll give you that one. Only an inning longer, they wouldn't have to get sent down. Very good point. Tom, before I make some counterpoints, you go ahead and then I'll just fire away. I Let me say as someone who worked in baseball, I do understand why the rule is necessary. I, I was actually in the Frontier League in 2015 when MLB asked us to test the rule. It was called the international rule at the time. Hated it then, but I understand why. I agree with Zach. 82% of games are done under the old rules from a period of 2015, 2019. 82% of games were done by the end of the 12th inning under the old rules. More than half of them were done after the 10th inning. I don't understand. Like, I get – I don't like the rule to begin with, but I understand why – as you guys just alluded to, there's plenty of good reasons why you don't want 16 inning games in May because that adds up over the course of a season. I get it. But in the 10th and 11th innings, can't we just have two innings of normal baseball? We Most games end by that point anyway. And if you get to a 12th inning at that point, as they said on the Talking Baseball episode, which I do recommend people go listen to, I'm open to whatever at that point. Like if you want to do bases loaded, like I even like – Give me two normal innings. Give give the teams a chance to win the game normally without getting into the stupid sack bunt, sack fly contest. That's not interesting. No one's going to turn on their game, their televisions to watch that. It's not entertaining, and it's a bad product. And it, it to me, cheapens the game. So I'd rather have something that's entertaining or at least is fair. And this is bad, and it cheapens the game. Okay, two things here. First thing, with how good relief pitchers are now and how many strikeout dudes are in back ends of pens, you would see in the ninth inning the some dude who's going to – it's either a homer or a punch out because you're not straining two hits together off back end, guys. Same thing in the 10th, same thing in the left. Like, look at the White Sox pen or the Brewers pen. I'm saying some of the best pens in the league, but, like, 
it's hard to string. When you put a guy on second, it gives you a chance to move the baseball and make something happen. Here's my second thing. Javi Baez against Amir Garrett in whatever inning that was where he has to hit a sack fly to win the game, it's electricity. That's one example. Maybe that's cherry picking, Tom. <laughs> that is definitely Maybe that's cherry picking, yeah. but I don't think it cheapens the game. My- I I hate it. I can't tell you how much it boils my blood every time I see it. And again, I understand why we have to do it for player safety. I do think that's a real concern, and I hear you guys, and I understand. But again, 82% of games were done before the 12th inning. Why can't we do it in the 12th? That's the, that's the other thing I don't understand. Give us two innings of normal baseball. Then if you need to do something, again, I'm willing to, at that point to get to do whatever you need to do to get the game done. Because I do understand. I thought Zach made a really good point. We've all seen the guy who throws six innings out of the pen, who's a you know quad A guy, who then gets sent down. I understand why you have to do it. But can't we get two innings? That's all I'm asking for. And I think that's a reasonable request. I agree with that. I think you could give it like an inning or two of normal and like, like, I mean, it's one swing of the bat and the team can win. So, like, why not give that a chance? But I don't know. I don't really care either way, to be honest. Yeah. I, I also, think... like, if you look at, like, college football, again, football's similar idea, player safety. You can't play football forever. In the third overtime in college football, they start going to two-point conversions. And then now, they, I think in the fourth overtime, they just start alternating two-point conversions now. Again, I understand we have to do something, but – the la- the fact that we go to it in the 10th just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. I, I, I think it's something I would hope the players association, Ian, as someone who has some input, maybe takes into consideration next time this comes to the fourth. He's point. saying, Ian, you're bad at your job. You fucked up. That's what I'm hearing That's from fucked Tom. Up, Tom. Players fucked up, Tom. Trash. You know, I like the fact that more runs are scored in extra innings. I like the fact that, like, one run gets scored and you're trying to score two and, like, Sometimes it goes back and forth for two or three innings where each team scores one run but can't push across the second one. I'm into it. I like the RBIs, Tom. Okay? I like scoring runs late in the game. What about the fact the fans don't like it, though? My only, argument, my only argument I'd say to side with, Tom, is that it gives the home team a huge advantage in extras because, like, if you can get that guy out from second, then you change your whole strategy for the bottom of the 10th. Like, say you don't give up the run, you're way more likely to bunt the guy over from second to third, and then you just need a sack fly or, like, a ground ball through the, like, I don't know. I feel like it gives a big advantage yeah. to the home teams. Didn't we, playing devil's advocate here, didn't we get rid of the whole strategy part of the game when we banged the pitchers hitting? Wasn't that the whole argument why they wanted pitchers to hit because of the strategy of it? We can get rid of the whole strategy part i mean there's still strategy and matchups and oh, i know but there's no i mean all i know is i couldn't imagine being part of the pa and thinking all these rule changes are good Sheesh, how embarrassing yeah uh, the one thing that they did say on talking baseball which i don't hate is like being able to reorganize your lineup i thought that was an interesting they said what they were like what if in the 10th or the 12th if like the Yankees could hit Aaron Judge again. Like, if he just punched out in the bottom of the 11th, they could just put him back up there to start the 12th. I, mean, I thought that of, was kind of – and, see, like, but but you know what's funny? Baseball. That's not You know what's baseball. funny is they're, like – this is I'm going to go – this is an interpod controversy, inter, inter media company, except for Tom just – no free ads, gave them a little plug, uh, is um, the the idea that 
Runner on second uh-huh. is a like gimmicky thing. Like, oh, it's so gimmicky to have a runner on second or to it's not baseball. And then to be like, yeah, but we should just reshuffle the order and let Aaron Judge hit everything. So like, well, well but I get the entertainment. Really... I get the entertainment value. Well, I think the point is what they were saying, and what I basically agree with them on. Let them play two clean innings. At that point, if you want to do a gimmick, I'm much more into a more entertaining gimmick than the current gimmick we're doing. The current gimmick we're doing sucks. It's not fun to watch, and doing it in the tenth will drive me insane until the end of time. I don't understand the outrage from everyone, but I'll take it into consideration. Tom. I don't. Okay. I'll think I w- about it. I'm with Ian. Like, I don't get how's that not fun to like. Why are base runners not fun to watch? Like, it's fun to watch guys go three up, three down for four straight innings. Then you're in the fifteenth, and it's eleven forty-five at night, and you're like, "Why am Seriously. I still awake?" And then you're gonna, gonna, I like. Then you're gonna tap on the on the shoulder by a bench coach saying, "Hey, uh, Skip needs to see you." Yeah. <laughs> or or you're the dude that's like been sitting on the bench cold for four hours and then the 13th they're like hey man you gotta go pinch hit or like hey man you gotta go play left field because we gotta get somebody off their feet because it's been so fucking long but like i don't i don't get what's the why does it boil your blood so much i think because i i mean i it, i don't even know how to like describe it because it's so obvious to me and i i don't know there does seem to be some sort of disconnect between the you guys not seeing it and the fans being so vehemently against it that I almost don't know how to describe it. I guess I, what I would say is that we've played baseball for how many years, you know, 180 years and extra innings was fine up until two years ago. And it, it feels a lot like the seven inning double headers where it's just like, we're changing shit that doesn't need to be changed. I understand what you guys are saying for player safety. I do think that is valuable. Uh, but like, Man, the fact that a runner starts on second, now we're going to bunt him over. It's going to be first a runner on third and one out for no reason. For no reason, other than that Rob Manford decided it. And now the Blue Jays last year, right? The Blue Jays were really good at this. They almost made the playoffs because the Yankees, the team I like, suck at it. That's not the reason I hate it, but, like, that doesn't help. Sounds either. like that's sounds why. Like it sounds like a little bias. Like a little bias. I'm trying to acknowledge all my biases because I've hated this rule since I saw it in 2015. I was one of the first people on earth to ever see this in action in the live baseball. Well, that's like, okay, that's like what you say, how, like, pitchers have been using foreign substances forever. There's no problem up until a few years ago. No. Like, I'm going to give you another. No, I'm going to give you another one. The rules of baseball haven't changed. Foreign substances is something entirely different. Pitchers have been hitting in the National League forever. Do you hate the DH? I I mean, that's a different conversation. I personally uh, like pitchers hitting. I'm probably in the minority there. I'm fine with the DH, but uh, I would have I would have been fine keeping pitchers hitting. But I, so I don't like, I'm in the minority on that. Opinion. I kind of like, like pitchers too, to be honest. I'm with you on that one. You don't like seven inning double dips either? No, I mean, baseball's nine innings. Like, let's just play, play nine inning game. You go out there and play 18 in a day, Tom. You get, you get your ass out there and do it. I mean, you guys are – I understand. It's Zach, you love it. You are also handsomely compensated. Ian, congratulations. On your no, I'm not. Hey, thanks, Tom. Appreciate no, you. I'm not handsomely compensated. <laughs> yeah, but I think the whole point the whole point of the eight – so if you're playing two nines, there's a pretty good chance that at least one or two of the superstars on that team are only going to play one of those games – because you don't want to blow out somebody because playing 18 in one day. If you have two sevens, you have a better chance of the superstars playing both of those games and not taking one off because they can make it through two For sevens. For my final point, let me just say this. 
This is a solution searching for a problem. Overall, out of all the games, almost 98%, 97.7% of all MLB games are done before the 12th inning. And out of all extra inning games in 2019, 74% of them were done before the 12th inning. I don't understand why we're doing this. This is a problem that's affecting less than a quarter of all extra inning games that we think go beyond two innings. I mean, I think you guys can play two innings. I believe in your ability to play two innings. And when this was first instituted in the Frontier League, in the minor leagues, Rob Manfred in 2017 said he didn't really expect that we're ever going to apply this rule at the major league level. So why are we applying this rule at the major league level to solve a problem that does not exist it doesn't exist. And when you ask me what I don't like about it, it'd be, I, and I struggled to kind of come up with an answer why it's because it's so incongruous to my brain, you know, like the two ideas of putting a runner on second base does not mesh with my brain. It'd be like asking me why my grandmother can't play center field for the New York Yankees, you know, like the two ideas just don't go together. This isn't how baseball is meant to be played. We have a ton of problems in baseball Extra innings was not one of them. If you feel like the games are going on too long in the regular season, fine. Start on the 12th, but we need the 10th and 11th innings to be normal. They have to be. We spend too much time yelling about this. We have to get to the interview. This is Spencer Torkelson, Zach's really, really good friend. So the boys have a special guest of the Go Tigers is finally making an, an appearance. Torque. Appreciate you coming on. This is a, this is going to be good. I've been I've been asking, and we've been talking about you for a little while now, and I finally had the balls to ask you. No, man, thank you for asking me. I'm honored. Are you Are you currently at a Is that a spring training apartment? Is that a hotel? What's the setup? You guys want to check out the digs? Actually, this is my uh, This is an Airbnb. It's me, Parker Meadows, Riley Green, Kreidler, and Eric De La Rosa. And there's four bedrooms, five dudes. So me and Parker. Sick. Uh, <laughs> that I think, show. Just, I think you just named three of the top five prospects say, in the yeah, Tigers Horror. <laughs> like, that sounds like a prospect house. Two million are sharing a room. What what are we doing? <laughs> That's a, know, this, is, this is a good we're example kidding. of the uh Meyer League life. Doesn't matter where you got drafted, you're still sharing a bedroom. Yeah. Absolutely. Doesn't matter. So uh Torque, you had a obviously a very interesting path to where you are now you know one one um covid year got cut short and then you get drafted one one and you head right to comerica right for summer camp like 2.0 and you're just yeah facing, dude. you're just facing big league yeah. pitch right out right out of the right off the rip <laughs> yeah i mean it wasn't a confidence boost to say the least um you do well in college and you think you got it all figured out and you get drafted and you go to Spring training 2.0, whatever it was, and your your first at bats against God, I I want to say it was like Greg Soto, <laughs> and it was like fastest strikeout of my life. Like, <laughs> welcome to it. So you, so what was the year like in 2020? You guys didn't play any college ball. Played 17 games before the season got cut, and uh, so that was weird. Um, season got banged. My brother was in town, luckily, um, went golfing like every day for two weeks straight, like not knowing what to do with my life. And then um, headed back home, waited for the draft. And then 
yeah it was it was actually kind of nice you know like you guys probably get it no spring break and then you finally like you're at home in the spring you're like what what am i doing and it's actually a pretty good time spring's spring's a great season yeah never seen it before but i've heard it's nice (laughs) yeah is it brutal for you to see like you went to Arizona State, which is in Tempe. So like you are where we are right now for our spring. And then you got to go to Lakeland, Florida for spring. Like that's got to be a little bit of a downgrade. <laughs> I don't want to talk too, too down on a uh, good old Lakeland, but um, yeah, it was kind of a dagger. Not going to lie. Like living in Tempe, um, the weather, just the whole energy, kind of everything's close together. And then, uh, looking at the draft board and where everyone's spring training was and where I was going to go. I was like, Oh, I think I'm going to Florida and uh, I, I'm a sweater too. So humidity is not the best, but Lakeland's it's, I'm opening up to it. You know, it's, it's not as bad as people say. If you Is that, is that true, Zach? Would you say it's not as bad as people say? It's Cause you're lying. Bad. If you agree with that, you are absolutely lying. If you say no, I was going to say like, our facility is incredible, but oh, it's incredible! The out, yeah, the outskirts of Lakeland, I wouldn't spend too much time. You know, I might. Wild Greg's saloon, you can get lost yeah. in there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. There you go. That's you. That's all you. Couple of company guys talking about the Go Tigers facility. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, are you doing? Are you just like all road games right now, traveling around the whole state of Florida? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the schedules pretty it's not it's not bad because because of the lockout we had a trip going down to uh an overnight trip to south florida that got banged but uh the travel is not terrible it's it's not you know mesa going to scottsdale stadium nice but um it's not terrible good chop sessions on the bus you get by we were talking before to all the listeners out there just of Torque is obviously fighting for a job right now, trying to make a team, and he is going to every game, staying nine innings for every game. And, you know, they're all, the big league squad is off tomorrow, and he was saying how he earned this – they earned this off day. And people in spring training, you know, or you think about spring training, you think it's all nice and lackadaisical. It's not. It is not. And obviously you can attest going to every single game, even if you're not playing – it's still a long ass day, and especially like you said, you're not having a five minute car ride. It's you're a good hour, hour and a half on the bus if you're going to any game. Yeah, I feel like when I go to the games, like the road games, I don't play. Like I'm more tired than if I were to play all night. It's like I get I get home like damn, I'm so tired. I I did absolutely nothing today. <laughs> is that is that an AJ rule all nine no matter what? I I don't know. I don't know. I. I mean, um, I think it's just a non-show pony thing. I feel like it looks weird if you're a whatever, like a 21 year old or whatever, Zach. 20, like if you don't have like a ton of show time and like you play, like I feel like it just looks weird to leave the game once you get to. I, I don't mind I, it. I get it. Yeah. And for you, like you, I mean, a bunch of the younger guys play in the second half of the game anyway, and it's like your boys who are playing. So it's like, oh, you get to chop it up with the boys and watch them play, even if you're not playing. Exactly. But so it's, and I mean, they just watch the first six innings. Right. They watch you work six innings in the 95 degree humidity. You know, the least you can do is watch the last three for them. 
Look at sure. that. Fucking great teammate right company there. Company guy. Company guy. <laughs> Zach, did you stay for every game that you so, played? So, so the first, I started a game against the Yankees this year, and I'm like looking around. Everyone's leaving. I'm like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I don't know what to do. And AJ and I'm like, AJ comes up to me and shakes my hand. And goes, all right, see you tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm I'm I'm, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. He said, see you tomorrow. There's no way I'm going back in this game. It's not happening. I'm out of here. I'm feeling like a big leaguer today. So I basically, Torx is a better teammate than you is what I'm hearing. But yeah, yep. That's why you know that's why they paid him the big bucks in the one one slot. What are the Go Tigers impressions of Javi so far? I want to hear a good Javi story. Um, he has no great. EP he's ever. so much swag. Great BP. Is his and, locker full of like sick SSK gloves and like amazing cleats and shoes and stuff? Does he have a glove deal with anyone? Because he has like SSK Rawlings. I think he has an SSK deal, but he just doesn't care. And he likes that he won the gold glove, so he likes to have at least one Rawlings glove with the gold on it, just to remind I, people. I respect that. I respect yeah. that. But he had an SSK deal for a while. He would have, like, in Chicago when we would get to camp, we had a, you know, we had a bunch of dudes who had just so much shit, it was ridiculous. But, like, Javi's locker before he would get there was literally stacked to the ceiling with shoeboxes and, like, it was just ridiculous. The amount of pairs of custom cleats that guy has throughout the year. So insane. he's so right now he's wearing like the stock Nikes from last year, just navy. Boo. And Boo. People are like people are like, Man, where are Javi's cleats? And I'm looking, I'm like, You guys just wait. They're They'll coming. They will be here. You they're, they're, like, they're in Detroit right now. Supply chain issues. Yeah. You just wait. I think the most elite thing about him is his pregame spread. <laughs> Today we had, you know, there was like salmon, chicken, ribs, mac and cheese, fruit, veggies, and Javi's chilling there eating. He has four ribs on his plate and a Pepsi. (laughs) Yeah, dude doesn't drink water, doesn't believe in it. (laughs) There's water and Pepsi, there's some. He's, Pat, yeah. Wasn't it a thing? Like, if you had a glass of water, like, he would, like, say, like, hey, look, guys, I'm drinking water. Like, because he literally never drinks water. Yeah, I think one year they tried to ban all of, like, the sodas from the clubhouse. And so he was, like, sneaking them. He, like, had his own fridge that was, like, stocked full of Pepsi so that he could have a few. Because he just only, he just doesn't drink, the guy doesn't drink water. It's amazing. Is that the key? I think that's the key to hitting, like, backside mammoths. It's just no water. He also, You'll see him throughout the year. He'll uh, once he gets to know the chefs a little bit, gets a little bit more comfortable. There'll be a burger sitting down in the cage, in, like the second inning. <laughs> so game yeah, burger. Yeah, uh, Ian and Dakota, you guys don't know. So Torque was in camp last year, and Torque didn't get his first hit until when? Like late. Almost jumped off a cliff. So yeah, Torque. I mean, Torque is lining out, but like, I mean, there were some strikeouts, but like, no matter what, no matter how. I wouldn't we say out, lining out. Hey, you know, hey, this is a, this is like a we fluff each other up on this podcast, Torque. Okay, that was last yeah. year. You lined out every um, at bat. I sucked. I sucked. So he's coming back and he's like ripping his batting gloves off. He's like, I'm fucking brutal. This is so bad. So he gets a hit in the first game this year, first or second game, and he's just like, he looks at us and we're like, Torque. How good did that feel? He was like, bro, you have no fucking idea how good that was. I'm still, I'm still hitless right now. So I'm, uh, trying yeah. to leave camp with at least one knock. 
But you only have what, like 10 ABs? Nah, I have, uh, I think I got six, maybe six or seven. Shut up, yeah. dude. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just saying, I'm, I, see, I need to get that. I need to see one fall. But you know that for you and Zach, the key is, do you have a walk? You do. I do. Have- I walked my first AB of camp, so that's positive. Because that's I was one for twenty-seven. So. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a fucking great <laughs> spring. What'd you expect in season? Uh, two sixty-seven. And look, yeah, and he went from high A to triple A because look, yeah. it worked out. It worked Maybe. out. Yeah, it saved so, them all. So this that's- year, obviously, Torque, you know, you have a great opportunity. You know, you can break with the team and everything. How much different has this camp been when you're like? You know, obviously you weren't fighting for a job last year. You weren't, I mean, you were going to be on a team, but like when you have the dreams and like the vision of breaking with the team this year and it being so close, like how much different, if any, was this camp mentally, physically, like how much of a challenge was it going in there in the first day and not trying to make the team at, at like in the first game? Honestly, I was, I felt super prepared. Like last off season, I would just go to the gym, work out, go to the field, hit, throw, take ground balls, just because, like, I knew I had to. It was my job, whatever. And uh, it felt like I didn't do anything with a purpose. And then, so going into this offseason, I was like, all right, I'm going to show up prepared. And so I kind of took things – I took things serious, but I, I did everything with a purpose. And uh, so going into camp, I was, I was really confident. And uh, it was honestly just nice – having relationships with guys throughout the year and not showing up to camp, you know, Hey, nice to meet you, you know, Spencer. Um, not going to be on the big league team, but you know, <laughs> I'm wearing a 73, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, it, it was totally different. It's totally different vibe. Um, just a lot more confident and just preparation helped that out. Do you feel like you learned a lot that first camp just about, like, being around big league guys, being around, like, Maggie and dudes that have done it for so long, about, like, watching them do their work early in camp and, like, the difference between, like, I know, like, my first camp you come in and you're, like, everything's so fast. You watch those guys are under control. They're slow. They're prepared. Like, how much did you learn from that first one? I learned a lot, Um, like, seeing big leaguers just – do big league practice it's it's different it's not college nowhere near it um and I found myself kind of trying to like be smooth and do everything they're doing and it just wasn't me at the time like I was not doing good and uh so yeah I would say watching guys their their preparation their routine they did the same routine it didn't matter whether you know 0 for 10, 0 for 20. Like, guys stuck to their routine. They trusted it. And kind of just seeing that was like, all right, well, it's baseball. You're going to suck. But, you know, the great ones kind of, they got it figured out and they trust it. So That's I think crazy. trust was the biggest lesson. That's crazy that you were drafted in 2020. You went to camp in 2020. Like, a college practice compared to, like, a big league spring training, that's oh. night and day difference. It was such culture shock. It's yeah. Insane. Especially coming from, from Tracy. I played 
when I was at school, went to Cincinnati, and my last two years were under Ty Neal, who was Tracy's pitching coach at uh, at Indiana. And okay. it was like a military camp. We just ran until we puked. And then, like, we, we were trying to be the track team. We didn't actually really focus on baseball at all. We were just trying not to die. Uh, so I can only Tracy's imagine. Track team. <laughs> yeah, it's – what an unbelievable baseball experience that was. But we came we came from the camp of uh Indiana military. Yeah. I respect it. You've been through it. Do you do Hell Week? Oh yeah, we did it all. Uh, it was horrible. Torque. I have so I have so many stories about college torture. <laughs> Torque, what was like has there been any about learning or I mean, growing with like the media and like knowing, <clears throat> I don't know how to word it correctly. Like making sure you come to... on all the really good podcasts like this one. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, like trying to answer it the right way, trying not to, you know, cause obviously you're under a microscope no matter what you do or how you play, especially this year. Like I said, you know, you have a chance to make a team. Has that been not overwhelming, but like, has that been kind of another step that you've had to conquer? Like, no matter what game you have, if you have a great game, they're going to be there. And if you go over four, stri- four strikeouts, they're going to be at your locker waiting for you. Like, has that crept into your head at all? Has that been something that you've had to, to get over? Definitely some something I had to work on and uh, had some good conversations. Uh, I'm not tasting myself, I swear, but uh, Guy, Guy Fieri gave me one of the best lessons ever on, like, media. And uh, it was all about kind of deflecting and just, like, keeping it positive, shouting out your teammates, and, like, just just a really good media lesson. And it made interviews so much easier um, because you're not finding, like, the perfect thing to say. You're just – you're saying good things that you mean, but um, it's take just take it off yourself, I think – um. So if you go four for four with two two pumps and they're at your locker, you don't be like, yeah, I mean, swing feels un- unbelievable right now. <laughs> um, you know that guy hung that slider. Um, yeah, tasting yourself all the time. Um, but I think I think uh, that was definitely something I had to work on because uh, media was tough at, at first. It was all over Zoom, though. It was a little easier. That's true. But, like, what about now? Because, again, they're back in the locker room, and they're waiting for you at your locker after a game. Are you just like, Jesus Christ, here we go? That's weird, yeah. Normally I'm, like, taking off my underwear, you know, just walking into the shower. <laughs> but, like, it's different. the media in there, the bird watchers, you know, <laughs> I just uh, – I take I take it in into the, the bathroom and – Put my loop in there. That was we had a couple years without that. It was kind of nice, but they're back. We just signed uh, Suzuki, and like, oh, we got media. It's insane everywhere. I can't imagine. Be, I'm sure, like, you've been through it this year, but like, I can't imagine being that dude with like, we're taking BP today in the stadium, and there's nobody there except for all of the media that's following him. It's like, so he he has media from over he's Japanese right? media that follow him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Same. I can only imagine Otani. Oh, oh God. With Same Trout thing. there too and Noah oh. Syndergaard, like all those guys. Jeez. The zoo. 
Yeah, you guys have some of that though with Miggy and Javi and all the young guys. I think they, up. I think they have like some rules. Like you don't see the media going over to Javi or Miggy's locker bunch, um, unless they get like special permission. I feel like. Well, and they you got just... you and Riley Green and uh, yeah, Kreidler no to talk rules, to no and, rules. Like, Yeah, it's no. like yeah, like yeah. you guys are sitting they're, there for thirty they're minutes. Cool though, they've been great. You're like, I, gotta actually, go to the I, will, I will say, like, even last year when I was brutal, they were always very fair. They weren't trying to get any answer. You know, they were – I have nothing but great things to say about them. Obviously, you hear some horror stories when they're trying to pry some answers out of you. But, I mean, they've been yeah. – I got nothing but nice things to say about them. I've heard the biggest trick is when they, like, stop recording and then they just, like, talk to you. And then oh, yeah, like, yeah. you end up saying something and then they still use that. And you're like, wait a yeah. second. No, I was just talking yeah, to you yeah. as a person. Don't make sure you say off the record. Yeah, yeah exactly. Record. But off the record, they they always say off the record's never off the record. Is that your media lesson for the day, Zach? <laughs> that is my. Hey, I've been in, I've been in some meetings where they're like, "Hey guys, don't trust them." Torque, what's your best homer you've ever hit? Go. Uh God, I don't know. Was it against the Iowa Cubs last year? Zach, what's no, the best think, pump you've I ever I seen him hit? That it was a home run. I, I was looking was up last because we played you guys, and it was Daz Cameron, Riley Green, and you were the first three in the order. And I'm like, that's a fun lineup to face. I mean, Zach's down in the six hole. Dakota, did you ever get him out? I didn't face him. I literally Damn went it. back. I didn't face him. I always – they kept throwing me whenever Zach was hitting. So, Zach was – no offense, down towards the bottom. Hey, Torque, hey, but, hey, uh, hey, 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 hey. You were in the six hole and Torque was in the three hole. Like, I hey, didn't... That's the middle. That's the middle. That's four, five, six. That's the fun. Yeah, Those the, the back end of the middle. That's yeah, the heart. Yeah, you're the heart of the order. Yeah. You're the protection so that we had to face him. I'm pretty sure Torque hit an oppo homer against you guys. Do you remember that, Torque? Do you remember that? Uh, I don't think it was oppo. It was a change up down and away. It was kind of like right center. More more center than right center, but right center. What is this, Sean McVay calling out out of the place? That's crazy to remember that. That's Oppo for me. I I remember that, though. And I remember – because that was one of my first series down when I got sent down. And I remember I was like – this is my first time watching you, first time watching Cryler, first time watching Riley. And I was like, all right, let's see see what these little fucking baby bombers got. And, I mean – that series, I'm pretty sure we scored, didn't we score like 20 runs in one game? And it, it was, was 21. Like, it was 21. Yeah. Chill out. Go Jaggers. And I was just like, bro, what the fuck are these three doing? No matter what, where they were in the, I'm pretty sure Kyler was hitting like eighth or ninth. He was in the eight hole. Yeah. yeah. He was down like, like 500 at first. Yeah. And he was down in like the very bottom. Right. And that was a really impressive by you and Riley. It was just like, all right. These guys are for real. Get them out of here. Move them up. You guys had maybe one of the best lineups in AAA. I mean, you had uh, Stewart on the bench with 25. Like, you had guys on the bench that had 20-plus homers. Like, couldn't crack the lineup. There wasn't room. Yeah. And then yeah. A-Rod. Yeah. Our yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally the best hitter in the whole league didn't even play. <laughs> yep. Go Tigers could, could surprise some people this year. Not surprising, dude. I'm telling you. It's just a, t- it's a really, really tough, tough division, especially with the moves that have been going on. Torque, White Sox are a good team with a good bullpen. Uh, yeah. And good, good starters and good hitters. A lot of good players over there. Are you somebody who who shuts off baseball when you leave the field, or are you all night? Nice. Good question, Zach. Yeah. Way to bring it back. 
it depends. It, it really depends. Um, I would say 90% I'm shutting it off, trying to hang with the boys. And then if I really need to figure something out, I'm just in a downward spiral in my camera roll in videos. <laughs> it's like, what do you learn I that doing? from Zach? Hey, <laughs> hey. Enough. Zach, you, you do that even if you're doing good. You continue to watch it. Yeah, I'm tasting myself. Was that on the podcast? Did I hear on the podcast when you guys were talking about if, if Shorty was a switch hitter? No, it was Hap. Oh, oh if I was yeah. a switch hitter, yeah. How much yeah, you'd have to watch film from both sides. Was Robbie's thing? Was that when we had Robbie on? I think so, yeah. Friend of the pod? How's he doing? Hitting show homers? He's got a few. Yeah, he does. Robbie Riggs. All right, I got this. Is, this is my last question, and then we'll get you out of here pretty quick. But anybody that's this camp taking you under their wing besides Zach, and like you can fluff a teammate here. This is time to fluff a teammate. Anybody that's taken you under your wing really taught you something this camp? God, if you I, say no, we'll cut it, and no one will ever know the answer. <laughs> no, I would. I would say uh, Scopey. Jonathan, Jonathan Scope has been an unbelievable guy, teammate. Really just, uh, I, it was like the first, first day of media and he said to the media, like, uh, something like, I want to play second base. I want Torque on the opening day lineup because I, I want to play second base. He can play first base. And like two days later, he like puts his arm around me. He's like, man, I, I don't want to make you feel any pressure or anything, but I want to play second base, you know, like, I just want to make sure like we're all good. You, you're, you're all good. Don't feel any pressure. Just do you and we'll be all right. And I was like, all right, like, fuck. Yeah. Let's, let's go Scopey. You know, he's just an all time dude. huh? He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Speaks like four languages. And that's gotta be so sick for you coming into camp and having like a vet like that. Say like, I want this guy at first base. Like that's gotta give you so much confidence. Oh my God. Yeah. That also helped. Like going back to that first question of like going into camp and what pressure I felt like having scope say that, um, Miggy really said some helped. really nice like, shit too. Miggy, about DH Miggy said stuff. great things. Um, I was just, just like, okay, like let's do this. You know, scope is one of those dudes you love playing against. Cause if you get a knock, he's always fluffing you on second. Yeah. So I was like, six, oh, yeah. six, wing. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Good dude. He yeah, is something like learning to shut it off. Watching him is incredible. As soon as literally the last out is made, no matter what. I mean, unless in the beginning of last year in April he was like really bad, and he'll start he'll start joking about it. But he is like, man, I don't I don't fucking care. Like whatever happens happens. And the next day he is scope ear to ear smiling, making jokes. It's incredible. Yeah. He's also made some money in his life, so I'm pretty sure he's okay with it. He's, but. he's one of those great clubhouse presidents that's, like, been doing it long enough that, like, he has enough experience. He's seen enough. He's been on good teams, been on bad teams. Like, he's sneaky, been doing it for a long time. He's doing it really well, too. He made yeah. a sick play today. I saw that. The compound is starting a torque on the big league roster. <laughs> We're starting. We're starting it here. We're starting the push. Also, uh, new CBA rules. They get a, they get a pick. You're a top 100 prospect. You start in the open day roster, play the whole year. They get a pick. We just negotiated that. Go Tigers. That's sick. 
Nice job, Ian. Way to yeah, appreciate that. I did it just for you. You're welcome. I did not know that was part of it. Yeah. I, I, thought, I, th- I, th- I thought it was like if you make the opening day roster and your top three rookie of the year voting, then they get the extra pick. Or is it if you play the whole year? Well, when you mm-hmm. win rookie of the year, it won't matter, so it's fine. Good point. Doesn't Good matter. point. Yeah. I'm going to have to check on the back end of that one, but just go ahead, hit like 30, 40 pumps in Comerica. No problem. We don't have to worry about it. (laughs) No problem there. Yeah, don't worry about it. Easy game. It's not hard to hit. Uh, Zach, you have anything else before we let him go? I'm good. Torque, I appreciate you coming on. Short notice again, I texted him this morning as a reminder. I'm like, hey, man, sorry, crept up on me. Uh, Are we still good for tonight? (laughs) That was fun. Probably 15 minutes before he went out there for first pitch, and he was gracious enough to answer. So, yeah, appreciate you coming on. We're gonna be rooting for you and Robbie very hard. I appreciate Tor- you guys. Torque on the big league roster. Best. Zach, your friend is uh, very nice and well spoken for being so young. Yeah, he's also an incredible hitter, and it's really impressive to watch. And how many times have you watched his swing? I haven't watched it. I watch anytime he takes BP and I'm able to watch, I always make a point to watch. Can you tell me the, his the really impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me the one thing that he does. that's like the most impressive. He is in the zone from literally the umpire to the pitcher. Does he have like super oppo juice? Like what's the, what's the one thing that jumps out? You're like, holy shit. Yes. No matter what he hits, like it's line to line juice. Just like you. Yeah, no, but yeah. Um, and I think the coolest thing for him too is that if you look at his college swing and now, again, it was three days ago he was in college, but he his swing has been so identical for so long. And I think that's why he has so much success, obviously because it's working, but he's not the type of person, like if, like I said, his swing is identical to what it was last year in spring training when he wasn't doing well. And that's why I think he's going to be a very successful major league baseball player for a very long time. Obviously, he was 1-1, I think so. But You're saying go Tigers fans can be expecting some pumps yep. in Comerica this year way back. Yes, and maybe maybe early April too. We'd love from to you? see it. From big, you? From, from Torque. Not from yeah. me. Torque? Does Riley Green have juice? Uh, not me. I was sent down. No, what would you say? Does Riley Green have juice? Very much so, juice. Yeah, I'm telling you, those two, those two are very, very good hitters. He seems like he has a really good perspective on, like, where he's at being, you know, having one full year under his belt. But, like, the support, I think the support of the veteran dudes on the team is pretty cool. I mean, he's such a person you can root for. You know, like he doesn't walk around like flaunting the hey on one one. Like you know how he was talking about sitting nine innings. He's not sitting there bitching about sitting. Yeah, for- I was impressed by that, dude. He is on the top step coming and giving you a high five after defense. It's like I'm telling you, it's it's really impressive. Him and Riley, both of those guys are are way beyond their years. And, you know, look at their driver's license and they're 21 years old, 22 years old. It's It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool where the Tigers are just kind of in their window where 
there's veteran dudes that have done it that have made money that have established themselves and like they're rooting for the young guys to come up and help the team win. There's a lot of situations where there's young dudes uh, picks who haven't proven themselves at the big league level yet. And some of the guys who might lose playing time or lose jobs are like salty about it because they don't want to lose the, their opportunities. But it seems like the Tigers are in a good spot where the veterans are, are really hoping the young guys can come up and help them win. Even like me last year, like when I was going through it, like when he was talking about scope, like, Scope is, I don't know if I've mentioned it here, like Scope sat me down so many times last year just to like, even the middle of the game, it's just like, shorty, man, like you look so good up there. I'm like, Scope, I just swung at three balls that landed in the grass. And he's like, dude, just you. Like, yeah. And he's like, bro, I've gone through it. I have done all this. Like you need to realize that not everybody's looking at you. Like your life is on the line. You might feel like it is, but it's like for him to go out of his way to do that is just like, Let's do the slow and screen time and get people out of here. Tough day for me. Tough day for me. What are we at, boys? Sloan screen time presented by Sloan. My favorite flushers, your favorite flushers. If you're scared of germs and you want to make sure that people aren't touching sinks, get the Sloan automatic. What's up, compound listeners? It is producer Tom. Zoom tonight was just not working with me. We had a couple issues towards the end of the podcast. Unfortunately, the Sloan screen time is our biggest casualty. Got all cut off and jumbled. So I'm going to instead read you the results. Ian will tell you his results. Uh, he comes in second. Dakota is our winner. Three hours, 48 minutes, the low man this week. Zach is asleep, and I tried to get him to tell me what his time was. He's asleep. Uh, we think it was somewhere in the four-hour range. We know he didn't win, and he didn't finish last. So we're going to call it four hours and 24 minutes. And give him a hearty handshake and a third-place finish. And mine was five hours and 52 minutes. So that was our Sloan screen time. Uh, we'll go right back into the recording now, as you can tell, because of all the Zoom issues we were having right at the end. It'll be an abrupt finish to this podcast. As always, thanks for listening, and we really appreciate your support each and every single week. That puts me firmly in second place for the Sloan screen time. We're that puts you firmly in second place. So we got to wrap this one up. Episode 103 Three. of the Compound Podcast presented by Parse Rum, my favorite rum, your favorite rum. When I say Parse, you say rum. We'll see you next week.